Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Calvin Haig building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Midnight Movie. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. One of the few times we're talking about a relatively recent release. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As opposed to an old, uh, forgotten, or rarely seen classic horror grindhouse movie. That's true. This could almost be like, it's kind of like a grindhouse type movie. Um, It does kind of have that feel. Definitely a throwback to an 80s type horror movie. At the very least, it's about an old movie. That's true. That's true. And that's why it does kind of fit in in a roundabout way. This movie, it's really pretty cool. Some people might think it's kind of cheesy. And I guess there's some elements of it that are. I mean, it's it's a basic straight ahead boom slasher horror movie with kind of a, a twist to the killer. Yeah. The coolest thing about this movie, well, the two coolest things about this movie. One, it takes place in an old movie theater. Which is always a bonus for us. Which is always a bonus because anybody who knows me knows I love old movie theaters i could just go sit in an old movie theater and you know be happy. <laughs> take in the ambiance yeah you know and you know this is like that that's i mean it's not like that. it is that it takes place in the old theater so that's they got me off the bat mm-hmm. you know the other cool thing about this is it's not a remake or a reboot right they've come up with a brand new original bad guy killer mm-hmm. slasher murder whatever and it has a very distinct individual look to him yeah and has a really cool, distinct kill uh, yeah. weapon that he uses to kill with. Very weird. Which we'll get to that in a minute. This is along the lines, if, if you if you like movies like Popcorn, which mm-hmm. we've talked about, which again takes place in a theater. Right. And where the movie, there's a movie within the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a killer in the theater. Mm-hmm. And life imitates art kind of thing. Or our demons. What the hell happened to Rosemary? That takes place in, the, in a theater. And there's a movie, and it has to do with what's going on in the theater, you know. Yeah. I can't remember. Have you watched Demons all the it's way through? Been, it's been so long, I barely remember it. I mean, I've seen it. Craig I'm, will hurt me for yeah, saying that. I've seen that, it dozens but... of times, but I can't remember if you've seen it all yeah, the way Yeah, I need to watch it again. We'll watch it. We'll watch it again. Because that's a lot of fun. And uh, and it's a very iconic yeah. look and, and distinct, you know, that, that silver demon mask. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really used by the killer, but it kind of starts things off. Yeah. And this, the killer has has a... A distinct kind of half skull mask, mm-hmm. and it walks with this kind of weird limp. And the weapon he uses is awesome. He holds it like you do, like a push knife. Yeah, yeah, kinda. And it's this sharpened corkscrew blade, and it's huge. I mean, bigger than your fist corkscrew blade. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a cone shape, and and he just pushes that right into people, and it as it, you know it twists and drills as it goes through. Yeah, just the force of his twist in his arm. Uh, and it's really cool. He's, there's a couple of really cool, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, kills with that. But, you know, I'm getting ahead of the game here. Let's, let's talk about the plot a little bit here. We should. Well, first of all, is there anybody in this? The only person of note in it really is Arthur Roberts. He's one of those faces that you're like, I know I've seen that guy in something before, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Most notably for our purposes, he was in, he was the bad guy. He was Braden. The evil ninja with the silver mask in Revenge of the Ninja with Shokasugi. (laughs) (laughs) Which we just watched uh, not long ago again. And he's been in, he was all over 
you know, 70s and 80s TV one-offs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's been around. He, like I said, he's one of those faces, you know that face. It's like, God, what else was he in, you know? Yeah. The now, one that drove me crazy was the... The, oh, the woman behind the concession yeah. stand. Can't remember her name now, but she played a character in Heroes. Oh, yeah. The girl's name is eluding me now. She's the like character she played, but she was right? like a speedster thief. Anyhow, she was in like 17 episodes or something. I looked it up because I couldn't figure out who she was. I was like, I know that face. No, but anyway. No Revenge of the Ninja, though. No yeah. Revenge of the Ninja. But her <laughs> face, it was driving me crazy because I knew yeah. I had seen her. You know, when you get that in your head, yeah. it's like, I just know that person. But anyway. Everybody else in, in the cast is, they've done other things, but nothing really of note, you know. Yeah. Young, supposedly teenage cast, for the most part, is mm-hmm. the biker couple that come into the theater and the cop and the doctor. Mm-hmm. But the way the movie starts off, the plot of this thing is it starts off in a hospital or an asylum. This doctor is trying to administer some therapy to this patient who's been there for uh, God knows how long. I can't remember what he I, said. I can't remember how long he said. But he's a, a killer. Right. But what apparently was his he, name? Tim Radford? Was that right? Radford. Something I can't Radford. remember his first name, but Radford is his last name, yeah. And he made this movie some years ago, the black and white horror movie, mm-hmm. I guess the 60s. Is yeah. was supposed to be late 60s. And can't remember why he was put in the hospital. Well, oh, supposedly he, supposedly he, people actually killed while they were making that movie or something like that. Yes. Anyway, so the doc, this one doctor thinks, well, he hasn't seen this movie since he made it. Maybe if we show it to him, it'll help pull him out of his dumbass doctor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. What was the name of the movie? The Dark the, Beneath. The Dark Beneath. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. So they start rolling the movie and... The doctor's talking to the, this other doctor, or a cop, I think. Maybe it's no, another, it was doctor. another doctor. Another doctor. And the other doctor says, well, I, you know, I'd like to be here for this, but i got to go. So he leaves. While they're talking, the guy, they've started the movie, and the Radford guy is, like started biting into his arm. Yeah, he literally takes a chunk of skin yeah. out of his arm. And then uses his blood to draw runes and symbols all over the floor, and then he goes on a killing spree in the hospital. Now, this happens pre-credit. And as he starts to do, starts to go on the kill, the credits start. Yeah. And in between credits, you see flashes of the kills. Yeah. Which is, that was kind of cool. It was neat. Well, you don't really understand what's happening at yeah. that point because you're kind of like, all right, he's he's locked in this room with a projector, and he's got there's runes all over the floor. But how is he killing everybody? How did he get out? What's he killing everybody yeah. with? You don't know. You don't know what's happening. You just know he's gone on a killing spree. Yeah. So. Then we flash forward five years later, I think. Something like that. And we're at this movie theater that's showing this movie, The Dark Beneath, for the first time since it came out. First time since it came out. And (laughs) then we get introduced to the rest of the characters. The kids who are working at the theater and a little bit of backstory on each one. Not much, but just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the only people that show up are this biker couple. One of the girls that works there, her boyfriend comes up to watch a movie with her. And two friends of theirs. Right. And, and then, her, her little brother shows up because his, whoever was keeping him, his babysitter or whatever, had, um, to, go home had early. to go home early. So he was home alone. So he shows up wanting to watch the movie. Well, she says no, because he'll, he'll end up having nightmares and sends him home. But of course he wants to stay. So just he lives a couple blocks away. Yeah. So, so he ends up sneaking back in or something. Yeah. And then the, a cop who thinks that the guy, after the killing spree at the hospital, let's backtrack a little bit, five years before. There were, no bodies were found. Yeah. Everybody was dead and there was blood everywhere, but there were no bodies no anywhere. No bodies. And Radford was gone. He's never showed up again. Mm-hmm. So the cop 
thinks that maybe he might show up because the movie first time has been shown. Yeah. Since... And he was obsessed with his film. Yeah. That and, was his thing. And the doctor that left the hospital that night shows up also. And apparently they've been kind of working the case or whatever together yeah. all these years. So that's, you know, everybody that's there, not many people. Yeah. And there's the one girl behind concessions, the manager of the theater is the star of the show the what girl was, yeah yeah the last girl basically yeah the last girl that's right and then one other guy who works there who's acting manager while she's watching the movie <laughs> yeah yeah he keeps wanting to prove himself but anyway yeah so there was not a whole lot of people at the movie obviously yeah, which is really cool and it the movie neat. theater is really this really cool looking old theater mm-hmm as the movie goes on, it looks like it's one of the biggest theaters you've ever seen because they're running down <laughs> these hallways and all these rooms and things, all you know, storage rooms and ventilation shafts and all and the this basement. Stuff. And yeah, it's like you know, Nakatomi Plaza movie theater. <laughs> Actually, the movie theater is the Avenue Theater in I can't remember the town in California somewhere. Okay, I looked it up last night, and apparently it's still there, but it has been closed down. Yeah. And there's, you know, board across the front of it, Well, they have to close it down after, you know, all those murders. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the sad thing is some company bought the whole block or the building or whatever, and they want to turn it into a restaurant. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Apparently, also, when they closed it, they gutted it, mm-hmm. and they just put all the seats out to give away out on the sidewalk. Well, that's not sad. I mean, sad for you. You didn't sad get for to, me. Yeah. You didn't get to California to get any, but I'm sure somebody was very happy. Maybe some other theater lover got them. Yeah, hope so. Anyway, yeah. so so anyway, back to the movie. They start rolling the movie, mm-hmm. and of course, you got the chit chat between the different people in the theater and all this stuff. And the movie starts off. It's black and white, and it's almost like an ode to Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, a little bit. Where it's got a group of four teenagers. Driving a minibus. Yep. And it breaks down. They're trying to go to Woodstock, but they yeah. don't have any idea where they are. They're lost. Yeah. And they get a flat tire. So the guy goes looking to this house for, for help so he can call for help. And if the house he goes to looks familiar to you. <laughs> it's because. It's because it's the same house that Rob Zombie used for the Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. I think some of the exteriors or maybe maybe even the interiors for that. I don't know. Yeah. So then, now you've got your cast on the outside of yeah. this this interior movie. And the cast in the movie. And there's a cast in the movie. So the cast in the movie is this one guy, and then there's three girls with him. One of them is high as a kite, and it's pretty yeah. funny. And he and walks then, to this house, and there's a kind little old lady who gives him lemonade. And says she calls for help, but yeah. of course you know she didn't. And then we see the killer, mm-hmm. and it's not Radford. No. Nope. It's the guy with the skull mask. Mm-hmm. And the limp and the and the corkscrew, it, you see him like down in the basement sharpening the the weapon. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie flashes back and forth between the the screen movie and the real what's the real life. Yeah, what they're experiencing and all that. And uh, you know, one by one, they start to get picked off. The first one is the guy in the the soda machine. Well, no, the the guy in the movie gets killed first. Yeah, well, I'm talking about outside the movie. Well, I know, but the people that are watching the movie. See a kill happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they see the kill happen in the movie. Yeah. And then, I don't know who all will remember this, but when you watch an actual film, if the film starts to get stuck in place and burn, you can see the film burn on screen. Yeah. That's what the the effect looks like on screen, on their screen. It looks like the film burns for a second, and then it continues on. Yeah. But when it does that... When it comes back... 
It's actually watching what's happening down in the basement yes, of the theater. But they don't know that. No. Because they haven't been to the basement. They don't know it's the basement. And the manager, the girl who's the manager, left the has left the, the room for there has left the movie theater for the moment because she's back in the lobby. Yeah, for a she second. saw something that bothered her, so she had yeah. to leave the room. And the boyfriend goes out to comfort her. I so think. nobody in the theater knows what that is, doesn't recognize the kid. Now this does yeah. bother me because the cop talked to that kid, so he should yeah. recognize it's the, him, the, the kid who's the acting manager went down to the basement to change a soda over. So they're watching him get killed. Yeah. And I think nobody recognizes him, right? Nobody. They're like, he looks familiar. Yeah. yeah. One of the guys, Mario, was like, I've seen him on something before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you just bought popcorn from him, you dummy. Yeah. Or your ticket. So that's but, the first kill. And then he each time he kills somebody, he drags them away. Yeah. And then it goes back into the other part of the movie Yeah, like again. the girls in the van. Yeah. Getting suntanned. But as they get separated in... For lack of a better term, real world, our world, the yeah. real world. As they get separated and scared, yeah. then the killer from the screen knows it, comes out of the screen. So it's totally supernatural. Starts and you've picked up on it at this point because yeah. the guy in the or down in the basement, you see the killer just kind of appear. Yeah, it kind of just like a flickers and flashes and, and appears. Yeah. So this is totally, it's a slasher film, but it's a supernatural film for sure. Yeah. Because it's totally happening from the screen yeah, which to the real world. you're not, you don't get anything, they don't tell you how or why or, which in a way is kind of cool, but in mm -hmm. a way it's like, okay, I need a little, a little at least it was with Freddy, mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, okay, the parents killed him and he comes to the kids in their dreams. They give you, yeah. a, it's supernatural, but you get a little something. This is like. Okay, how is this guy connect? How is Radford connected to this guy? Well, I think except he that he is, made the film, he is the guy. Well, yeah, but they they don't. It's the well, you know it's, I mean? it's some kind of either satanic ritual or some yeah. kind of magic because he put all those runes on the floor for a reason. So that connected him to the film. Yeah, and, and when you see in the hospital how everybody died or everybody disappeared. Oh yeah, no, no, I get that. That it, that pulls it together, but it's like yeah. they never allude to him. As Radford, they never say anything saying that he he had a mother or anything before. You know, yeah. there's no connection. I just assumed off the well, bat. Well, I just assumed it too, but I'm killer. saying there's no connection. Yeah, there. It's almost like it's two separate entities. Like he was there and he summoned this thing and it took him away too. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it does say in the the dark beneath credits, starring. Radford, written and directed by oh, yeah, Radford. Yeah, yeah. I That's mean, true. and you don't see him anywhere else on the movie, so it's got to be That's him. That's true. And we, I don't think we saw him at the beginning walking with a limp that when we see him. Uh, I don't know that, that we saw him. Yeah, we didn't. I don't think so. That's what, yeah, that's one thing that made me, hmm, why is he got yeah. the limp? So anyway, the kills go on and there's another one. One of the, oh, one of their friends, that's another character we forgot to mention, had come to see the movie. Kind of a guy, they nerdy guy, they... Don't really like, but they know him. Yeah, his name's Sully. I don't know why yeah. I actually remember that. So he goes to the bathroom because he's having gas issues. <laughs> yeah, he's having some problems. <laughs> Darn those, what did he say? Those delicious chocolate-covered raisins? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and they see him, they're like, hey, that's Sully. Hey, how did, man, that's the ultimate prank. How did he do that? And then the biker's getting pissed at him because they're yelling and talking to the screen. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's a friend of ours. He's like, I don't care who it is, you know. And of course, confrontation there, but they watch him get killed on screen. They're like, all right, man, way to go, Sully. Good job. Yeah, man. You got us. that he somehow pranked this entire thing yeah. and set it up. Yeah, how did he do that? That's awesome. <laughs> the cop and the doctor don't think so. 
and they go and I, the girl he gets the the concession stand girl too before they come out of the theater yeah while they're arguing or she gets killed before sully does anyway it's right in there right in there but yeah while they're arguing he he gets they come out of the theater and the kids go to the bathroom the doctor and the cop see the the concession concession stand yeah and they see that's really real blood Mm -hmm. and and they go to the bathroom and all the people in the theater in the bathroom and they're kicking around piece of flesh or an eyeball or something that was left it's it was a piece of flesh and they think it's fake and the blood's fake and they're like man and the the biker's like you know screw this i'm not gonna be on you know hidden camera show you know i didn't sign a release yeah mario Mario and the boyfriend are like we're being punked yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) then the cop comes in and goes uh it's real blood this is really we got to get out of the theater now so they all head for the front door, and trying to leave. And they can't get out of the door. And the doors are all locked. It's glass doors. They can't break the glass. They can't unlock, you know, break the lock. The cop shoots the glass, yeah. and it doesn't break. So the supernatural, this is another thing. The supernatural elements, okay, so he's got powers over everything now, over reality? Yeah. Nothing to, see, that's the part that bugs me about it. Mm. You know, nothing is... Well, that's the thing about uh, when you, you when you make it a supernatural thing. If you haven't set rules in your your world, then you can do anything, can't you? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. They haven't given us any, any kind of parameters as to what they this haven't. guy can do. Yeah, you know, where Freddie had some kind of yeah. Well, I think know. that's the thing with this. You you just have to assume that he can do pretty much well, not anything, but a lot because he he leaves his movie world and comes yeah. to the real world and somehow manipulates everything yeah like i said that's the only thing that kind of that bugs me about that yeah uh and another they're at the door and there's a cop out there checking out the motorcycle that's on the sidewalk yeah and he starts looking in the windows and they're all banging on the windows and the cop can't see him inside the theater yeah i think to his someone, view it was like an empty theater because there's the phone's not getting out no one can call out but i think the cop had maybe made a call or something prior to this because uh-huh. the um the uniformed officer that oh, was out right. out there, you know, checking out the place, calls back into headquarters and says, you know, I'm at the theater and everything's locked up tight. So from his perspective, and it flashes back and forth, inside, all the people are at the door, banging on the glass, yeah, screaming at them. Call out or That's right. They cannot get that guy's attention for anything. No matter what they do, they're shining lights out the door, they're banging yeah. on it, screaming, nothing pulling on the doors but from the cop's perspective on the outside he just sees a dark locked up theater yeah well it's and, not dark it's just locked well i mean closed down dark yeah. you know not like all the lights are on but yeah. you know like it to him it looks like it's just it's yeah. closed for the night so he calls back and he says are you sure it's the right place this is locked up tight and they say yes and he's like well i don't see you know nothing else is going on here and that's kind of all he says. And then he leaves. Yeah. And so they're going to try to get out. And the the little brother snuck Tim. in. Through, His name's Timothy. Yeah. Snuck in through the upstairs office window. And he just said, I didn't shut the window when I came in. So they go, oh, we'll go we'll out go the there. window. And they go up there and they're trying to stick together. But somehow a couple of them get separated. And yeah. one of the guys goes after them. And they get in the office. And the one girl goes to the window. She puts her hand on the window seal. And the window slams down on her fingers. And they can't get it up, and she's screaming. The killer comes in the room. They run out the other door. The cop, the boyfriend of that girl is Mario. Like, he can't get her open. He looks at her like, eh, and he takes off. Yeah, what a coward. And the cop stays there, and he shoots the guy, nothing. 
Yeah. Until his gun runs out of ammo. And he tells the guy, you're going to have to go through me to get to her. And you know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he's backed up right, too. They're back to back. Yeah. She's at the window, and he's got his back to her. So the guy and just takes his corkscrew weapon and punches through the cop into the girl. Yep. And uh, it, that was pretty gruesome. That was pretty good. Yeah. And then when she falls, she falls back from the window. Of course, her fingers get yanked out of the window. Oh, yeah. He pulls her gross. in. It, you yeah. hear the fingers crack and break as they yeah. come out of the window. Oh, God. That was pretty gross. And he drags everybody off. Yeah. And he flickers and goes away. So then the next scene, or, or very soon after, Mario shows up in the main part of the theater, and the biker guy, and pretty much everybody else. Mm-hmm. They might be shorter conversing or two, I can't remember. Yeah, they regroup. They're all in there regrouping in the main part of the theater. And he's like, he runs in, he's like, Whew, I barely got out of that alive! And then the biker guy turns around, and I don't know starts if he to beat just... The yeah, he starts him. beating the shit out of him. And... <laughs> He's like, we saw, because, you know, you're seeing it on the screen. Yeah, they were watching. They, they watched they had the made whole their way thing. back to the theater part. Yeah, so they watched him just ditch everybody and, you know, leave his girlfriend there to die and yeah. not try to help her at all. And he's like, you're such a coward. And, and he's about ready, he pulls up in his pocket knife, he's about ready to stab him. Yeah. And uh, the girl stops him and. She grabs his wrist and he's like, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to die like that or something like that. And And he sees she's got burns and scars on her arm. Yeah. So then you learn, you've been hinted at before, but you learn for sure that she and her little brother were abused. Their mother passed away and her father started to abuse them afterwards. Yeah. Like seriously, there's burns and all kinds of crap up and down her arm. Yeah. And And um, so we don't know what happened. I don't remember if they say what happened to the father, but she's been raising her brother since then. They do not say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, her plight. Little subplot there. Yeah. The rest of the movie... But it does lend itself to what happens, because while she was being abused, you know, yeah, as happens to many, I think you, you try to find a place within yourself that just, it, yeah. it's your happy place, you know, you got to go there to get away yeah. from what's happening in the real world. So that's what she taught herself and what she taught her brother. Yeah. So how that figures into it is the rest of the film here... People, they get picked off one by one until yeah. it's just the girl and the little brother left. Right. And they're in the theater again. The mm-hmm. movie's playing. And so they just sit down, like cross-legged on the floor, and she tells him, fear. Well, they've, they've learned. Yeah. They've learned that. Fear is what can, attracts the yeah, guy. Yeah, he can sense you by your fear. He can hurt you if you're hurt scared. You. If you're not scared, he can't hurt you. Right. And so she tells him that and says, okay, remember when dad did this and where'd you, you know, you went whatever world series yeah go to your happy place and he's like reciting baseball players names yeah some years cubs or something yeah so he starts reciting the the cubs she starts reciting the lord's prayer which doesn't work because she still looks like she's scared the whole time it doesn't relax her yeah timothy does look like he's totally focused on naming off everybody he looks like he's gone there but she's so you think you think that okay this is gonna work you know slim chance they're gonna make it here and she's reciting the kicker was he had walked away and she's sitting there still reciting the Lord's Prayer. And then as I guess he got far enough away that she wasn't sure if he was still right in front of her or not. Because before he was like right at her face and yeah. he could just feel she could feel he was there. But as he got far enough away, she like peeked her eye open to look and see if he was there. And then he turned around real quick like, oh, you're really scared, you know. So then he's right anyway. in front of her and he pulls his hand back with that corkscrew weapon and he punches forward. And that's all you see. Mm-hmm. And then it fades up from black yeah and she's lying on a table somewhere yeah and she's like you know, where the hell am i and now we're still in color keeping yeah. in mind that the the movie they were watching was in black and yeah. white so whenever they ended up whenever you saw them end up on screen yeah. 
you know, from our real world to theirs, it was black and white. you were seeing in the real yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. If you're in it. Yeah, but now she wakes up on this table. Yeah. It's still in color. But you realize very quickly that she apparently is in, like, that house's basement or yeah. something and from the movie. Like, How did she get that? Well, you saw her punch, him punch the weapon, but she does. you don't see her face looks fine or, you know. Yeah. And she gets up off the table and she goes and looks in the other rooms. And in one of the rooms, there's people, like, chained up to the wall. And they're in various states of, you know, cut up and messed up and gored. And you see it's like they're all hospital workers. Yeah. From five years before. Yeah. Well, you don't know for sure it's them. But I mean, I guess if you really looked at them, you might have recognized them. But yeah. And then the next room, she she looks in this other room and through the little window in the door. And it's all the people from the movie they were watching. Yeah. And then she gets to another door and then it's all her friends. Yes. And the boyfriend who got stabbed in the eye. Yeah. I mean, with that weapon, which was just nasty. Yeah. So she couldn't get into the other two rooms because they were locked. But she did get the one she wanted to get into where her friends were was open. So she goes in there. And the weird thing is everybody's like barely alive still. Nobody is dead. Yeah, nobody's dead. They're all still alive. I mean, you say barely alive. I mean, they're they're alive. Yeah, but they're like. They don't really uh, act like they're in pain. They just act like like, they're. uh. Yeah, like drug. Yeah. So she runs up to her boyfriend and she's like. Oh my god, I can't believe you're still alive. We've got to get out of here. Uh-huh. So she she like hugs him while he's hanging there from the wall and starts to I think starts to uncuff him or something. Yeah. And he says, "Look at yourself. We're we're all dead." Yeah. Or, I don't know if he says we're all dead or we're or not getting out or something like that. We're not like getting that. out of here alive or something like that. And she, he says, "Look, you're, you're I don't know if he says just like us or something, but he says, "Look at yourself." And she, the camera and she pans down, down to her stomach and she's got this big gore wound in her stomach where he punched her with that thing right and we're like at that point (laughs) yeah that's right so then she starts to say something i don't know if she screams or whatever but then of course the the killer comes in there comes in and grabs her and pulls her to a table straps her down yeah and then he insists that he's gonna give her fear and pain finally speaks we finally hear this one speak this character speak and she says, you can't do anything to me that hasn't already been done before. And he says, I can show you pain you've never felt or something. Yeah. And he gets these these pinchers that you like clip, look, chain with. I guess. Yeah. And he starts going after her toes. Yeah. So he clips off one toe and Ow. she screams. <laughs> but then hurts. after she screams, <laughs> she calms down. I mean, she's still obviously in pain, but she starts whispering under her breath and she's whispering the lord's prayer i don't know if you knew this that time right it off. works <laughs> well it starts to then she, he takes another toe and she screams but she goes right back to the lord's yeah. prayer and of course now you can tell that the killer is really he's not happy he's perplexed yeah, he's perplexed <laughs> because he does he can tell that she's not really afraid yeah. anymore she might be feeling pain but she's not afraid and he can tell yeah so he's like well you could he's like he almost looks like Okay, damn it, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And he um, does one more toe. Just like three toes. He does one more. Yeah, and, and she doesn't nothing. even scream. She just keeps doing the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Then, what did he do? Does he flip her? Oh, he flips the table over. Yeah, he flips he's the table over. She's and she's not scared. And she falls off the table, and there's a piece of broken pipe from the table. She picks it up and starts hitting him with it. Yeah, well, she stabbed him in the neck. Well, she just stabbed him once. She stabbed him oh, in the neck right. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she and gets... And he, he, like... You know, blood spurts out his neck and he falls over and he looks like he's dead. Yeah. She goes and she gets a little brother off the other table mm-hmm. who, when he moves and turns, you see he's got a big wound in the back of his head. Yeah. Or is it a stomach? Somewhere. No, it's anyway. the back of his head. Was it? Okay. Yeah. 
So she grabs them and they run out the door. And that's, again, it's almost like Chex's chainsaw. They swing open that screen door and run out of this door yep. in this farm. And they're, and he comes running after them like Leatherface. And it's like, oh, they're going to get away. Maybe, maybe not. You don't know. And then yeah. she gets closer and closer. And she's like, she looks and she's like, oh, God, no, or no. Yeah. Well, she's staring like into the camera, like out at us. Like, she, yeah. like she's looking out at us. And, and she she's says, like, oh, oh no. God, no. And then you see her. She pushes her little brother in front of her. Yeah. She like shoves him yeah. hard. And then we're back in the theater and the th we see the screen. It says the end on the screen. And the little boy comes out of the screen just before it goes off. Yeah. And it goes off and then it cuts to the the projection booth with the, the film spinning. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's run out of the projector. Yep. And you're like, damn. They got to the end of the film. <laughs> then it you cuts know, we to... forgot to, before you get oh, there, we yeah. forgot to say that at some point they had this brilliant idea, which was actually a good idea. I don't know why it didn't completely work. Again, supernatural. Yeah. That they should break into the film booth because the doors were locked. And... If they Turn stop off the, the film, projector. it'll stop the killings. Yeah. So they, so they do actually that. did get in yeah. there and do that. They they pull the plug on the projector yeah. and knock it over. And it stops. And and the guy happened to be there when it was going on, the bad guy, the killer. And he disappeared. disappeared. So they're like, oh, yay, we did it. Yeah. So the biker picks up and starts looking at the film strip. And why the piece of film he's holding, all of a sudden the frames start to move like the film is still on. The killer turns and looks at him. Yep. And some force pushes him back out the door. The projector flips back up on the table and starts running again. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wondered at that point, I forgot to ask you about this. Yeah. So I guess it's good that we're talking about it now, huh? But I, I wondered if he hadn't picked up the film and actually looked at the film. Yeah. Would, would it, it have been over? Or is it because he actually saw the film that it started again? Well, the problem is they didn't set it on fire. That's right. Fire kills everything. They never learn. Kill it with fire. Kill it fire. Burn it down. Yeah, so the end of the movie, though. The little kid's pushed out of the screen. He's the only one left. Then we cut to hours later or whatever, and there's all kinds of police there. They finally got to the theater, got in. Yep. And there's one carrying him out, and the two, two and other you... cops are talking like, yeah, he's told some wild story, you know. Uh, but if somebody gets that scared, they'll they'll make they'll up say things. anything. Yeah. yeah. So he's carrying but, yeah. the film in a can, and you hear the kid as they're carrying him away saying, "No, I've got to get her out of there. Let me yeah. go." But then they, you know, they think he's crazy and they can't understand where the rest of the bodies are. There's blood in all yeah. over the place, but there's no bodies again. And then it ends. That's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's a pretty fun little movie. It what it came out in two thousand eight. I, believe. I don't remember. That sounds about right. Yeah, and we watched it quite a few years ago. We yeah. we got it. Just we read the description of it. And I'm like, okay, I've got to check this out. So we went in and bought it. Yeah. I think. And so we've seen it for quite a few years now, and just recently, we found out they did the killer cut. The killer cut. It wasn't recently that they did well, no, it. No, no, it came out two years after the DVD was released. Yeah, but we only recently. But learned we just about recently, it. yeah. I, paid attention enough to find out about it. <laughs> and it's on the killer cut is on was it amazon prime i think so so you can watch that if you have amazon prime real easy and we we're kind of excited because it said extended scenes yeah never before new seen footage. footage and then i read a little bit it says he he did they gave the studio they gave more money it. to make the effects better and the sound effects better mm -hmm. and i was like okay that's kind of cool well, we watched it, and the only thing we could really pick out that was new was there was a scene at the beginning where Radford is painting yeah. in the asylum or the hospital, whatever, 
painting a picture of the masked face. Yeah. And it has this kind of orchestral music playing, which is really cool, like movies used to have. Then when it goes into credits, it goes into the screaming new heavy metal stuff that I just can't stand. Because every damn horror movie has that same stuff. And the thing is, I know, but when every movie has it, it's really boring. I know. You know, I like well, I, I love big feel... orchestral scores, you know, yeah. that, that have a mood and set a tone and give you well, a feeling. You the know? fact that they only used that at the opening and closing credits was weird to me. It just didn't feel like it fit the rest of the film, mm-hmm. you know. But whatever. Yeah. Regardless. Anyway. Yeah, so there was that, that scene, scene at the beginning. And then it goes then it has that scene and then it goes into the hospital from what we remember seeing. Yeah. Come to find out. So we did a little research on it to find yeah. out, okay, what, what was changed? Yeah, and it? I found a, a thing that showed oh, every I, little oh, bit. Yeah, but the weird thing is the original cut is 89 minutes long, and this is supposed to be the killer cut with new footage and extended scenes is 82 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> so, but then I saw an article later that said it was longer. I saw, I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure what the difference was in the article. Well, you can't believe but... everything you read on the internet. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, but, as we went through all of the changes... A lot of the changes were something like you see a scene where he's grinding his his weapon and then it cuts to another thing and they go on. Whereas in the killer cut, you see grinding weapon and then the other thing and then grinding weapon again. Like they rearranged yeah, some they, stuff. They re-edited the order of a couple of small little bits of yeah. scenes. And, and really that was... It didn't matter. It's irrelevant. No, it really doesn't. It's not it like it, it didn't change the mood or the tone of the film. Or yeah, the story nothing. At all. Nothing that I could see from any of the edits yeah. changed the yeah. way it felt or the way it played. The only other thing I think was a couple of the scenes played a couple of seconds longer. Yeah, they let them go on just a couple seconds longer, but no additional dialogue or anything. No, nothing. No scene you haven't seen before, which would have been cool, except yeah. for that one painting. There was scene. one scene. There was one scene where you see they're in the the basement of the house. This is towards the end of the movie, and somebody is laying in a on a table, and their head is in a vice. Oh yeah, and. I don't know what the guy says. I can't remember. He's saying something, but and they the, start turning the vice, and you don't see what the actual gore. You see from the back the head in the vice, yeah, and in front of the head you see stuff squirt out and hit the floor. You yeah. don't see it like the actual head explode to you, right? You just see brain splatter on the floor. Yeah, and we watch in closed captions, so it actually said brain splatter. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. None of the changes that were made were significant as far as content or yeah. dialogue or actually new footage from what I could tell. A Just, couple of the scenes of him yeah. flickering the killer, teleporting into this world and teleporting away, some mm-hmm. of that was uh, updated, updated or, or some of it was put in where bef- a couple of them he just like stood up yeah, and didn't flicker in. Right. And of course some of the sound effects were yeah. the cracking of the fingers was a little more gruesome. Yeah. The gore effects, though, honestly, I'm going to have to go back and watch the other cut again, because to me, it seems like they were almost toned down from what I remember. Or maybe there wasn't that much gore to begin with. I honestly couldn't remember. I mean, when he uses that weapon, it shows him push into people. Mm-hmm. But I think the one you see it push through somebody is that, that one scene. Yeah. Hits the guy in the face. And it's pretty quick, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like he hits and starts twisting it, you know? Yeah. And then a couple others he uses it to slash with, and you get some quick 
quick cuts of cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the one scene as close to the beginning. It may even have been a kill that was in the movie, the the Dark Beneath, not in the Our World movie. I can't remember now, but where he kills one of them. And then when he pulls the thing out, he has to like flick it sideways or something oh, yeah, to get the bits stuff of flesh off yeah because and, it, it's not off it's like trapped inside because yeah. you know it's a yeah. cone yeah again that wasn't in this one no right? it was it wasn't it was cut? it was very fast oh, okay yeah. but it was only once yeah but the first time i saw that i almost thought he had like some kind of release that oh. actually re- you know made it <laughs> yeah. pop open but it didn't do that I want a copy of that weapon. That was really cool. It was pretty neat. Well, you know, I saw it and I was like, it's like a drill. It's a driller killer. No, that's a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not a drill. It's just a weird spring. Yeah. If you like 80s slasher movies, if you like any horror movies that have to do with old movie theaters, you got to check this out. Yeah. I know that at the very beginning of the movie, so the hospital scene wasn't too bad as far as your initial impression on acting. Yeah. When you get to the theater and first meet the cast there, uh-huh. some of them are a little rough. and Well, they're young. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, as far as the way you feel watching it, you might kind of go, oh, God, this is going to be horrible acting. I'm not going to make it through. <laughs> but it, it they settle in pretty quickly. I'm not saying... Well, they get killed off pretty quickly. <laughs> they do. They do. That's true. But I mean, they're not... No, none of them were like fantastic actors, but it's not so cheesy, terrible, horrible, horrible no, it, horror acting. You know, it's it a good. low budget, yeah, independent, pretty much. It is. It uh, was a low budget film, but it movie. was. I thought it was really done well yeah, with a bunch of you know, no name. Yeah, you know, actors. They've all done a little bit, but don't have a whole lot of experience. I mean, if you're a horror fan, and yeah. But we've seen a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if you're a horror fan and you enjoy um, a good slasher, something that if it doesn't bother you to have the supernatural elements, I think you'll really enjoy this film. It was was definitely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it wasn't a reboot or a remake. It was an original movie. That's right. And I'm all on board for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. I really did enjoy it. I'm surprised we haven't done this sooner. Yeah, well, you know, this is one we have talked about As doing we before. say, practically every time we do a podcast, I think. Yeah, we've but, talked you know. about doing this before. And I think one time we actually watched it a couple years ago. And we're going to do it. But then between the time of watching that and doing the podcast, we decided on doing something else for some reason. <laughs> but this is, you can get, I believe you can get the original cut still on DVD, maybe Blu-ray. The killer cut, I believe, is on Blu-ray. And it's also Amazon Prime, so you can watch it there. And I recommend that you do. Indeed. All right, I guess that's about it. Yep, one thing left to do. We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Okay, the Planet of the Apes game. Much like the... Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Which we... he has a commercial now, which is yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I wonder if he keep, kept that big statue that's in it. He should have. Yeah, we discovered many years before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon that you can do the same thing with Planet of the Apes, that the world revolves around the original Planet of the Apes, and you can connect anything back to it. And we shall prove it once again. Yes, indeed. So hit me with somebody from this movie. Well, I don't know, Rob. There's not a whole lot of names in this movie, so you might have a terrible time trying to figure it out. Well, there's only one name. 
well, should I give you somebody different so you have to figure it out? He's like, no, I haven't seen any of their other movies. <laughs> yeah, they, none of them have done it. I mean, I, if if I any of those other people, I could connect back, but I would have to look stuff up. I'd have yeah. to cheat and, and look stuff up. You don't cheat. That's the point. Yeah, I would have to look it up to find out what they've done. Yeah, because I don't know anything they've done, but I'm sure they've done something. Yeah, that'll get you there. Well, let's go with Arthur Roberts. Okay, Arthur Roberts. Like we said, he's been in tons of stuff. Our favorite Revenge of the Ninjas. But I'm going to go with a little more obscure. Arthur Roberts did an episode of The Fall Guy. Okay. Okay. Lee Majors was The Fall Guy. Mm-hmm. Lee Majors was in Will Penny with Charlton Heston. Well, that was very, very <laughs> fast. Okay. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. There you go. Okay, so because that was so short, you have to say how Kevin Bacon relates to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Because I think that's funny. <laughs> the six degrees of bacon on the apes. Okay. Didn't we do this last episode? No. I said something to you about it the other day. I was like, when I saw the commercial, I was like, how's oh, Kevin? <laughs> okay. Okay. Kevin Bacon to Planet of the Apes then. Kevin Bacon was in tons of stuff. Actually, not as many as you'd think, but yeah. Yeah. But he was in, let's see. Oh. Kevin Bacon was in Animal House. Mm-hmm. With Donald Sutherland, who was in... The remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Leonard Nimoy, who was in Star Trek with Mark Leonard, who was Orko on Planet Apes TV series. Well, there you go. <laughs> so even Kevin Bacon revolves around Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and there you have it. So go watch all the original Planet Apes movies and go watch Midnight Movie. Indeed. That's about all I got. How about you? That's it. All right. Well, then, till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. You know, they say scary movies are an aphrodisiac. If you get turned on by this, we're breaking up.